Professional golfers have been blindsided by a surprise merger between two bitterly divided tours. A deal, some believe, is sealed in blood. The PGA is joining forces with Saudi Arabia's rival Live Golf that's backed by a state-owned investment fund, a state that is guilty of serious human rights violations, including the brutal assassination of a journalist by Saudi government agents. The rival leagues saw a bitter divide between players, with the PGA encouraging golfers to take the moral high ground and reject multi-million dollar Saudi contracts. So what's happened to those contracts now, and has the moral high ground dissolved? underfoot. Well, joining us now is Jimmy Emmanuel, who's Deputy Editor and Digital Editor of the Golf Australia magazine. Hi, Jimmy. What has the player reaction been to this? Well, we're still trying to find out exactly what the player reaction uh, out of a meeting in Canada where the Canadian Open is this week, but there was a fair bit of negative response having not been involved in the conversations and uh, when the PGA Tour is a player-run tour in effect. So, there's been a, a bit of negative. There's been some calls for change of leadership, including Jay Monaghan, the, the CEO of, of the commissioner, I should say, of the PGA Tour, who led a lot of that rhetoric of, you know, don't go and play live golf and don't take Saudi money, having now architected this deal to, to do just that for his tour. Anything from Rory McIlroy at the moment, who was in essence the poster boy for the PGA and sticking with that tour? Yeah, not as of yet from Rory. So he's actually on the player board of the PJ Tour and apparently also didn't know about this until the, the dying stages of the deal being done. He is scheduled to give a press conference in Canada tomorrow morning, uh, our time in Australia and New Zealand, which if he does run up for that, it will be very interesting. Having said he was going to step back from being the spokesperson unofficially for the PGA Tour, he's going to be asked a lot of questions about how he feels about this, having been very outspoken against the Saudi money. You mentioned the PGA Commissioner, Jay Moynihan. How can he show his face? One assumes that there's been a real erosion of trust here because he basically begged players to stay using, um, well, the moral, the moral test and the ethical test. Stay with us because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, he sold the idea of the PGA Tour as being the place to play based on legacy of history and, and it, it's you know well-established, but also... Uh, he said, you know, you don't have to apologise for being a member of the PGA Tour as opposed to being on Live Golf where, you know, the questions about the Saudi money and, and 9-11 and all this sort of stuff was brought up. Uh, he's openly said to today, you know, people are going to maybe call me a hypocrite, but I was acting on the information I had at the time. But, look, his role is going to be very interesting in this. The players, there is some that are upset with him. Uh, as Just as an outsider looking in, it's hard to sort of line up what he's done in terms of trying to fight with golf to then now lead this this deal with the Saudi-backed uh, circuit that has sort of disrupted and completely thrown men's professional golf into a state of disarray for a period. I know it's early days, but what happens with these mega deals? If you are merging business interests and tours, some of these players were paid tens of millions of dollars in contracts for going over to the Live Tour. What happens when they're all in the same pool again? Does everybody get paid the big money? Well, I would thought no. That the, the guys who got their upfront money and, and big money at that, and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for some, uh, they've got their money and the PGA Tour players who stayed and didn't take that money, they're going to struggle to get something. But you would have thought that the big-name players who turned down money, like Roaring McElroy, Hideki Matsuyama from Japan, Tiger Woods, who reportedly turned down something like $900 million US million, are going to receive some sort of financial benefit because 
they did the right thing by the tour to only have this happen. Um, so it looks like the guys who jumped across are going to get to have their cake and eat it too, realistically, um, because they've got their money up front and they're going to go and play eventually the same events for the big prizes that this is going to create on the PGA Tour, one would imagine. So what, what, what power do the players have here if they disagree with this? I mean, what power is there? Can they do anything to stop it? Well, they, they do have players on a policy board, uh, the Player Advisory Council with the PGA Tour. Uh, it does go to a to a vote, I believe. Exactly what that's going to look like, uh, we're not sure. There's, there's stuff leaking out of this player meeting in Canada that's supposed to be very confidential. And in the past, the tour players have kept a lot of this information quiet. Um, they're not going to be as quiet this time around because there's a lot with their noses out of joint, to be fair. So exactly what happens with it and how it looks, this is a very unsure situation because the deal has been announced, but there's no actual detail as to how it will work. If Live Golf will continue as its own product and, you know, moving forward beyond the 2023 season, we don't know. So the de- the details of it, I don't think, were presented to the players today. Jeff Ogilvy said that after coming out of the meeting. Um, so exactly... You know, what their power is to... I, I don't believe they can stop it now, but what their power is to get some, some leverage and, and get the best result for themselves, we'll have to wait and see. That'll become clear over the coming months. But it looks like this, this announcement's been rushed through under extreme secrecy to avoid leaks, get it done, and then deal with the, the sort of fallout and also the actual putting together a plan to move forward uh, once it's announced. Jimmy, a little later in the program, we're going to speak to a, a university professor here in New Zealand who reckons that this is sports washing of the highest order. So does Saudi Arabia basically own professional golf now? Yeah, I mean, sports washing has been the, the accusation level that Saudi Arabia, since they got involved and started you know, spending money on what became Live Golf, um, and this looks like a, a pretty successful effort at what you would call sports washing, to my mind, of they've taken a very heavy financial interest and some control of the biggest circuit in men's professional golf. Uh, so they now have a seat at the table in all important discussions and, and shaping men's golf and a very big controlling stake in men's golf. So they've got themselves a, a very high uh, percentage of, of the way that the game works and you know, not owning it to a point, but doing their very best to get as close as they can do. Thanks for your analysis, Jimmy. That's Jimmy Emmanuel, who's the deputy editor and digital editor of the Golf Australia magazine on that controversial merger there.